If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down. Welcome to Slow the F Down Show. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm drama healer Elizabeth Menzel. Each episode we offer science, stories, skills, and songs to help you slow down, stress less, and love more. It's important to us that every episode is worth your time and that you leave feeling uplifted, inspired, and able to make positive changes in your life. On today's episode, slow the F down with honoring your journey. Grab your favorite beverage, get cozy, and soak in our soothing support. Since you clicked on this episode, you've probably had times in your life where you thought you were headed in a good direction, but then shit happened and you felt like you lost your way. Life's journey can be like Mr. Toad's wild ride and the people around you can have good intentions, but their path might be really different than the one that's best for you. And listening to them can blow you even further off course. If you want to get back on track with your best life, we dedicate today's show to you. So the other morning, no surprise to Casey and I, we realized that we both started re-watching The Good Place again. Best show <laughs> ever. Best show ever made. If you haven't watched it or you tried and couldn't get into it, try again while it's still on Netflix. It's existential and it is that perfect balance of absurdist but with really deep points. That's our favorite. And it's funny. It's freaking hilarious. One of the many things that show does well is when they're explaining how time works on earth versus how it works in the afterlife and earth they say that time is linear it has a start point and an end point but then in the afterlife the pattern of time actually spells the word jeremy baramy and so it's all over the map and there's all these curves that go up and down and around and i thought what a cool physical representation of honoring your journey because the journey is not straight. It is not linear. It is all over the map. You think you learned your lesson and then you spiral to an even deeper level of understanding. I cannot tell you how many times Casey has had to hear me say, I'm, I feel like I'm really learning. I'm really growing about XYZ. And it's the same thing I said a few months ago and the same thing I said last year, but I I come to this deeper level of understanding. And now we're in our third round of the love school and our ability to understand love at deeper and deeper levels just keeps growing. And our skill level keeps growing. I said to Casey today that the me that I was at the skill level I was when I graduated the Barbara Brennan School of Healing after two years of tutelage and then four years in the program so that was at six years of all it did day and night was study energy healing and practice energy healing at the highest level so you'd think six years i'd be pretty good at it you can't even compare who i was in the year 2000 to who i am as a healer in the year 2023 and you know my journey as a professional healer started all the way back in 93 so it's had so much progression and so many twists and turns and ups and downs. And it's that same thing where you think you know something or you think that something's going to go a certain way and it ends up looking utterly and completely different. And now I'm at this place of my healership taking yet another completely unexpected turn by opening the space bar in downtown Pittsburgh. And you wouldn't equate opening a bar as part of a healing journey, but it is a total aligned representation of 
who I am now as a healer and bringing the skills around loving yourself to a totally different audience in a totally unique and different way. So you wouldn't really think those all went together, but the way we're going to do it, it is an expression of my healership. I did not expect my professional healership to bring me to the place that I'm at with it right now. Could have never predicted that one. And I think a lot of professional healers are going to judge me for it. How so? Well, a lot of healers don't drink alcohol, Mm -hmm. right? And they think that alcohol is a poison, because it is. (laughs) (laughs) And so how can you be a healer and serve alcohol? And again, the way we're going to do it, it is incredibly healing medicine. And like healing itself, taken at the right dosage, it can be something positive. Now, obviously, if you have an addiction, it's not positive for you. And that's why we're going to have a very beautiful, full and complete non-alcoholic options on our menu, which I'll probably be drinking most of the time. (laughs) I think it's a great reflection of What is healing to one person is not healing for another person. And that doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means it's not the right medicine for that person. When you mentioned that you have this thought that some healers might judge you for opening a bar, I thought of myself five or six years ago, and I went through this phase in spirituality where I was like, everything that is negative, I don't want anything to do with. So there was a point in my life when I would have had that judgment. Oh, yeah. I barely drank for 20 years. Yeah, I didn't eat meat. I didn't eat dairy. I didn't eat sugar. I didn't consume caffeine. Every time I hear you talk about that bar, I'm like, yes, Pittsburgh needs a place for people to go that feels inviting, that feels safe, that they can commune and have a beverage with alcohol or without alcohol either way it's going to be delicious i think that is a beautiful opportunity for connection in a social environment and i genuinely believe that and so part of this honoring of the journey is for me is not staying fixed in beliefs once i outgrow them absolutely and i've outgrown so many beliefs that i used to hold dear The way that my life has been structured has changed so many times. And I'd say that I've always had really moralistic and ethical and high values, but the way that those values get expressed has definitely changed. For example, I stopped eating meat at around 13 years old and pretty much stayed away from meat until my mid-30s. And a big part of that was because of the unethical treatment of animals in the meat industry. And then it started getting easier to get ethically raised animals. And I was having a lot of health problems and had a bunch of tests done. And my doctor told me to start eating meat because my body was eating itself. So part of my mind was still holding on to this moral conflict, but I was so weak and so malnourished and I had been craving meat for years. And I gave in and started eating meat. Now, normally when people do that, they go through a really big physical adjustment period. I went through none. I started eating a lot of meat and right away, my body was just nothing but happy. So keeping in alignment with my values of the ethical treatment of of animals I've adjusted my behavior from not eating to eating meat, right? So how it's expressed has changed, but the value has stayed the same. And that was a massive multi-decades journey for me. There were 
years that I would go home for the holidays and family that I hadn't seen in a long time, the first thing that they would ask me is, so where's your man? No one scooped you up yet. I don't understand how you're still single. You're so wonderful. And what they didn't ask me is, what are you up to? Like, what's exciting in your life right now? Like, how are you? If they'd actually asked me that, I have a plethora of really awesome stuff to talk about. I truly believe that they meant well because it's it's what's known for them. But there's this, such an ingrained belief that part of your journey must include marriage. It must include kids. And anything other than that is off course. As a person who cares about these people, obviously, I took those things to heart. And then I would start to second guess, oh, wait a second, is there something wrong with me? And when I was able to get really still and actually be with myself and check in with myself, my journey always felt right. Even if I didn't know exactly what right meant, I could always feel that I was on the right track, but it was kind of this conversation between like myself and myself. <laughs> I think just about everyone listening can relate to that. I remember my first little taste of veering off the known path was when I got a scholarship to play soccer in college. I remember training and getting all ready. I was in the best shape of my life. And three months into the season, I just had, wow, I have no idea who I am outside of being an athlete. And I am so unbelievably tired. Like I'm just exhausted. I have been going nonstop since I was 12 in like three sports all year round. And while there was a lot of amazingness to that, I was fucking exhausted. And so I just walked into my coach's office and quit. All of a sudden, like the known path had always been like sports were the North Star. Being good at sports was like that no North Star. And it was very uncharacteristic of me because I would never speak up to my coach. I certainly wouldn't back talk them or go against any of their wishes. But in my body, there was this somatic knowing in the form of tiredness that like this leg of my journey had ended and it literally felt like there was weights poured in my body and I was just like Bleh. just a, a puddle a floppy puddle on the ground that did not have one more ounce of energy to put towards playing sports it was just a total like somebody hit the off switch <laughs> <laughs> and then at the same time, there was this like kind of bold little like tingle in my heart space, like in the center of my heart space. And this like knowing courage that seemed to come from just like this, this like very deep, deep part of my heart and just came up through my throat. And I was able to walk in there and confidently be like, okay, I don't like the way that you coach. I think that you're favoring the girls from Ireland over the girls from the US. And I don't want to do this anymore. And then just left. But it was so freeing. And then I remember I walked out of her office and I walked back home to my roommates who were soccer players. They're like, did you quit? I'm like, I quit. And then it was this like total body contraction of like, oh fuck. And then a giant release. That release kind of like created this openness, this freedom that I hadn't felt before. And it was honestly like somebody like let me out of a cage and I was stepped out of it and was like, oh, now what? I've had a couple of those moments in life where like the universe, God, source, whatever you want to call it, intervened on a very direct and intense feeling somatic way, influenced a decision for me to make a huge turn, totally veer off the path. And so I've been very thankful for those moments. And when they happen, they always feel kind of shocking and, and startling, but at the same time, they feel a hundred percent like the right idea. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I've never heard that whole part of the story. And uh, I'm so glad you had that experience that was so somatic and such a knowing deep inside of you. It was a very clear no. And, you know, with every no is a yes. And your no to soccer was a yes to your own well-being. And you didn't even know what you were going towards. You just knew that that path was done. And you had the courage and the bravery to walk away from the only life journey that you had ever known. Yeah. And there was a difference in that feeling, which even though it was unknown, there was an empowerment. There was a clarity to it. Opposed to other times in my life, I've made brash decisions from fear. Like when I left a relationship because I didn't have the coping skills. That is a completely different experience. And that one feels chaotic in the head. It feels based like it came from fear, a flight response of like, I got to get out of here. And so I think that's important to differentiate those two and how they feel. It absolutely is important to differentiate that. And I'm going to throw a monkey wrench into this whole thing and share that when my ex-husband proposed to me, I felt that calm, centered knowing. And my response was, yes, I think it would be the wisest thing I've ever done. The four months between that day and my wedding day, most of it I felt totally aligned and like I was doing the right thing. And three days after my wedding, I knew that I had made a terrible mistake. Wow. And I tried everything to make that marriage work. And it was an absolute nightmare because I married someone who had all the signs of narcissistic personality disorder. And I didn't know that until four years in. And in that four years, there were only 13 days I didn't cry. It's awful. So sometimes things that feel right don't turn out the way we think. And sometimes things that feel wrong and we think... <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be awful, turn out to be awesome. <laughs> then I think of when some clients of mine who I work with three generations of their family invited me to move from Los Angeles to Pittsburgh. And I had never thought of Pittsburgh in my life. And the moment but they said it, my whole system was, yes, there was no resistance. And when I brought it to Dale, he was like, yeah, sure, let's go check it out. Like there was no resistance. And the same thing, the moment Dale told me about the bar, no resistance. So it can be really tricky to discern because moving here to Pittsburgh, definitely the right move. We're not in the bar yet. It's we're still in the honeymoon phase where everything feels possible and good and exciting. We don't know how that's going to turn out. It could be the best thing I've ever done. It could be a shit show. We don't know how it's going to go. Right now, we have that deep inner stillness that's in perfect harmony with happy excitement. Tons of creativity, newness. I always say Dale and I are in love with possibility. <laughs> so all we see right now is the possibility on the horizon. But we don't know how it's going to go. So it, it's, it's weird. It is weird. A big part of honoring your journey isn't keeping tally or isn't keeping tabs on this was a good decision, this was a bad decision, this was a mistake. You know, it's not stopping and having a judgment of, oh, okay, well, I'm X amount years old. So based off of what I've done, I'm either on my track or not. Because it's so individualized and it's so personal. And to get caught up in that kind of stuff doesn't really get you anywhere other than stuck in like shame cycles or... <laughs> 
those are judgments and they exactly that they do their job by keeping you stuck in a shame cycle which i've had a lot of experience with on this life journey I've been stuck in a lot of shame cycles. You mentioned when your ex-husband proposed how you were like, yes, this is the wise decision. And then a couple days into it, you were like, wow, no, this is a mistake. I'm so glad that you presenced that because trusting your journey in relationships, because trauma that occurred in relationships has to be healed in relationships, there's a lot of, of tiny nuances to that. And I've been historically very hard on myself for decisions that I've made in the past in relationships and what honoring your journey looks like in relationships is exactly that is honoring it as a journey of you figuring yourself out and learning even more and more and growing in love and doing it great sometimes and doing it terrible sometimes and not really doing your best other times but I want to bring that because the topic of love and romance is big and important to us. That reminds me of that awesome Kierkegaard quote Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. And I'm reminded of another quote that I love by Martin Luther King. You don't see the whole staircase, just take the first step. And it reminds me of exactly what I'm sharing. Just like, there's no way to know. We learn and experience as we go. There is no way to know, but I do think there's a way to increase your discernment around what feels like a yes, no, and maybe. When I think back to my ex-husband proposing and how I felt on the inside, that was before I had trauma therapy. <laughs> so my ability to discern then is very different than my ability to discern now. So how much of that feeling that felt so aligned and so right and so wise in that moment was really just the relief that I was going to suddenly have a stable life because I had always felt like I was in a constant free fall without a net. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That discernment is, it's important. Yeah. And you know, Casey's word of the year is fun. And that might not sound like a high value to a lot of you, but you know what fun feels like in your system. And fun is energy moving. Fun is joy. Fun is happiness. Fun produces feel-good hormones in your system and relaxation throughout your nervous system. And that's what I want to feel in my life. So I actually have a high value around fun. Clearly, I'm all about fun. And um, I come by that naturally. I have a family who absolutely loves to have fun. We drove to like East Kabumfuck for dinner the other day. And my brother has a Tesla and he turned on the fart feature. <laughs> now, is that something he had installed? Oh, no, it comes with the Tesla. <laughs> yes. And so every time he put his turn signal on, it did a series of farts, like three or four farts. And there was like 25 different kinds. We were <laughs> laughing so hard that like, no matter what we were talking about, it was just like he'd change a lane or go off an exit. And it's like... <laughs> And I'm like, you can't stay serious during that. And so it made the whole ride so fantastic. I'm so grateful that I was brought up in a family that values fun and can easily reach the vibration of fun. No matter what we've gone through over the years, it's that knowing that we're going to make things fun right? We're going to, we're going to add that value into what we do has felt extremely supportive on my journey. You're lucky you have a family that's willing to have fun and laugh together and lighten 
a situation. Well, and that's how I am in, in my friend groups too. Yeah, right. It, it is a big value. You're allowed, Slowdown fan, to surround yourself with people who are fun, who encourage and support you, who speak kindly to you, who truly want the best for you and don't put their crap on top of you. <laughs> it's so funny because I have a very dysfunctional family but oddly enough, they did not put that typical pressure on me of trying to force me to get married or trying to force me to have kids or anything like that. And I'm grateful. You know, I'm grateful for anything positive around my family at all. <laughs> um, because almost every single woman I know can relate to your story, Casey, of when you got together with extended family and there was always all that pressure around getting married and having kids. And I think that one of the most common ways for people to feel lost along their life's journey is that they're doing what other people are telling them to do instead of getting to know thyself and really dig deep like you did on your journey with leaving sports and carve an alternative path. I was always in such survival mode that I didn't have anyone laying a path for me. I was making it up as I went along every single day. So I had sort of the other end of the spectrum that a lot of people have, which was winging it all the time. <laughs> So if you feel like you are stuck in a pattern or a path that you didn't choose, you know, Casey and I are giving you permission right now. You are allowed to do things differently. You're a unique human with your own unique needs and values, and you're allowed to make things up as you go along while still taking care of the responsibilities that you've created in your life, the responsibility for your own health and well-being, if you have kids, a partner, and with that, living in a way that really lights your soul up, that really makes you feel joyful and happy to wake up in the morning. And that can be from the way you dress, to what you drive, to how you eat. There's so many ways to include play and fun and lightness on your journey. Because let's face it, life is freaking heavy enough. There is just so much heavy shit going on in this world. And as I age and am heading into my crone phase, I am embracing silliness and fun at a whole deeper level than I ever have. It is part of my healing journey. For sure. And it lets me know if I even want something on my path or not. Casey and I have spent many years of our lives being intensely serious, being hyper focused, taking everything in such a dire way. And I feel much more aligned when I am bringing joy to myself and others and shining light into darkness than just being in the darkness. I spent four decades with depression, and depression is always about dwelling on the past and having a lot of regrets and feeling very stuck because of your past. And I remember a huge part of my own shift was being present in the now and then shifting my ability to look at the life in front of me and creating that in a way that I wanted instead of 
staying stuck looking at the life behind me. There's a saying, don't look back, you're not going that way. And that's a really good one for those of us who have suffered from depression. Yeah, another way that my body's told me that I'm not honoring my journey is when I feel stagnation, stuck energy, and frustration. So to me, stagnation in my body triggers the emotion of frustration. And it's that thing of like, okay, I'm completely capable of working hard and staying at something and being solution oriented and staying with something until the storm has passed. It's it's not about that. And I truly believe that that's important too. I'm talking about when you have stayed in something, a job, a relationship so long that that stagnation and that frustration is just so loud that it's almost just like screaming at you to you know, get out or, or, or do something. And I remember about four and a half, five years into a job feeling that stagnation, like it's just kind of started and the frustration. And, and I kept telling myself, that's all right. You know, we're just going through a rough patch. We'll just stick it out. It's fine. So I did for a little bit and then I did. And then I brought it up to upper management and they're like, it's fine. It's going to pass. Everything's going to get better, but it never did. It just kept getting worse. And so that stagnation was building and the frustration was building, 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 building. And finally I left. I was like, I'm going to start my own company. I'm out. And I remember just the thought of leaving that job because I planned it for a year and a half. I planned my departure. I saved, I did everything, but because I knew at some point I had to leave, but even the idea of leaving, gave me energy, right? And it brought energy to that feeling of stagnation. It kind of eased that frustration because it's like, there is an end to this, right? And even the thought of that feels energizing. And so when I'm kind of like, mm, am I honoring my journey right now? Like, am I going to where I'm supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? If I have a thought of something and that thought leads to this kind of like opening or this expansiveness or this excitement and feeling of energy, I'm like, okay, I've learned that for me and my body, that's a sign that like, okay, that might be a direction to go in. So I wanted to bring that in because it can be feel so hard sometimes when you're in a relationship and you, if you're in a relationship and you have a lot invested, you have kids, you have you know, shared finances or you're in a job and that job is providing your income. When you're in those situations where there is so much to invest, it can be really, really hard to slow down and be still enough to even tap in and be like, okay, what does my body feel about this? You know, when I think about leaving this situation, how does my body feel? Is it excited? I wanted to bring that piece in. I love that. And you just keep triggering these memories in me. I'm thinking of when I left a job in Los Angeles and I was working at a really high-end spa doing neuromuscular therapy and I had a huge star clientele there and they had been ripping me off for years. Let's say I did 30 massages in a week and I got a paycheck for 20 massages. I'd be like, what happened to those other 10 massages? They'd be like, oh, those were promotional. And I'd be like, well, your promotional budget does not come out of my pocket. That is for the company. And what had happened was the manager was seriously embezzling and she was doing it from the company and from all of us. And I felt so trapped and didn't know what to do. And I hadn't spent time building up my own clientele. 
I had just been working there. And uh, I just remember going in one day and getting so fed up and so angry that I quit. And unlike you, I hadn't planned it in advance. I hadn't saved up. <laughs> I hadn't done it in this healthy way. And I'm just thinking like, I was so angry. So I definitely had a stress response going on. But the thought of leaving felt free in my body, even though I was terrified. And I left and my career absolutely blew up. I made so much money and I didn't know what to do about the embezzlement. And obviously I should have Googled it. I should have gone to the police. Like there were so many legal things I could have done because I worked out that they had embezzled over $10,000 from me, not to mention all the other employees that they stole money from. But you know, I hadn't processed through my poverty consciousness at that point very much. And when I started to, when I started to shift my energy and attention and my career started blowing up, one of the things I did was I'm just going to let go of that and let that $10,000 come to me another way. The universe is going to bring me that $10,000 another way. I really just made this conscious decision to take a journey of prosperity and to open up and that money coming to me. And it did. I think that was a big part of what shifted was letting go of that blame and pain and trauma of working at that place and welcomed in a whole new level of prosperity for myself. Yeah. And what a cool example of a positive outcome that happened as a result of you honoring yourself, which ended up bringing in more prosperity and abundance and aligning to a situation that sounds like it was much more enjoyable. Absolutely. It really paid off. You know, we just shared stories about like big, huge shifts we've made throughout our life's journey. And I find those are like the easiest stories to convey, to look back on and really prove the point. But most of the time I found in my journey that my shifts are really incremental. They happen a little at a time. And I think that our progress can be really hard to track because it's happening just in these little shifts at a time. And, you know, in the love school, Casey and I always give time and space for celebrations every week. And it's really great because it gives you that chance to reflect and look back and see just in the last week how far you've come. And it can seem like a just a baby step forward, but a baby step forward is progress. <laughs> You know, baby step forward is taking you down your path. So just a reminder to celebrate all of your little tiny wins, right? Celebrate what feels good. You know, sometimes the celebration is I got up this morning. I got out of bed. I took a shower. And I've really made a habit of doing these little celebrations all throughout my day. I ate breakfast <laughs> like I fed myself right like I know that sounds so minimal but when you celebrate every little thing along the way for yourself you're actually building new neural pathways to feeling good you're triggering happy hormones in your system and you feel better how good I feel all day most days in my daily life took practice. It took me shifting my painful scolding that I used to do to myself all the time into talking positively to myself. 
It took me celebrating all the little things instead of putting myself down for all the big and little mistakes. And that's been a real change on my journey and a way that I have honored myself on my journey so much more. Glad you bring up the little things because there are little messages that our body is constantly giving us all the time. And the best way that I have found to keep myself in a state where I'm able to slow down, regulate my nervous system and be with myself is making it a habit to pause and check in with my basic biological needs. Like, like if I was a giant toddler, <laughs> like I just did the other day, I was, I got up and I was like, oh my God, my shoulders hurt so bad. And I'm like, well, have you exercised lately? I'm like, no, I haven't gone to the gym in two and a half weeks. And then I felt irritated later that day. And I'm like, hmm, you know, when I feel irritated, when I don't go to the gym for two and a half weeks, right? Or you know when else I feel irritated? When I don't eat a meal that I know from 37 years of experience on this earth, my body likes or makes my body happy. You know, and, and it's not hard. Like, oh, I'm tired today. Well, you stayed up watching The Good Place until 1 a.m. last night. And of course, I speak lovingly and light to myself with this, but also to share that there are some very indisputable, obvious actions that we take in our life related to our biological needs that are ways that if we just listen to the body, most of the time do the things that we know our body likes. It at least gives us some type of stable foundation for honoring our journey in this wild ride of life. So whether it's a big change you want to make on your journey of life or little incremental changes, remember that if you want something that you've never had, you might have to do something that you've never done. You know, like honor your biological needs <laughs> or love yourself enough to walk away from an abusive relationship. You do not have to go it alone. You don't have to figure everything out on your own. Honoring your journey can be really nuanced and complicated. And Casey and I are here to help you follow through on letting your inherent wisdom and values dictate the journey of your life. Just go to the show notes and set up a free consultation with one of us today. Next, if we're going to bring you an awesome slowdown skill right after a word from our sponsor. Hey, slowdown fans, it's me, Mother Nature. That glass of cold water you grab to quench your thirst on a hot day might seem fresh and new, but the fact is that it's always been here and is a constant part of my water cycle. My sun evaporates water from the ocean and turns it into water vapor. This vapor rises into my atmosphere and condenses into clouds. Water drops form in the clouds and fall to the earth as rain or snow. Rainfall flows downhill and the runover provides waters to lakes, rivers, and oceans. Flows from intake points on these bodies of water flow into a treatment plant a storage tank, and then into your houses through various pipe systems that lead to your drinking faucets. So, the next time you turn on the faucet, fill a glass and drink a cup of water, remember the long journey that those little drops of water had to take to get to your mouth. Thank you, Mother Nature. And now, for your slowdown skill. To begin, place both hands over your heart space. Inhale through your nose. And exhale through your nose. And continue breathing 
in and out of your nose as you listen to the following sayings about honoring your journey. Sometimes people won't understand your path. They don't need to. It's not for them. I forgive myself for not knowing what I didn't know until I lived through it. My journey isn't about becoming a different person, but loving who I am right now. Take one more inhale in, and on your exhale, drop your hands to your lap, and carry on honoring your journey. And now for your slow down song. The slowdown song that I have chosen is by the band High Lung, and the song is called Anoana. And High Lung means healing in ancient Norsk, and all of the words are in ancient Norsk, so we don't know what the hell they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds beautiful. It sounds beautiful and deep and profound and amazing. This band is a combination of musicians and singers from Denmark, the Netherlands, and Norway, and their songs are taken from ancient Norsk texts, and um, they really create a deep, intense vibe. And this song is almost hypnotic in a way. It has a really driving drum and haunting vocals, and it's this slow, steady drum beat. We actually play it in my house a lot. Dale really loves it too. And we'll just stop whatever we're doing and kind of sway and groove to this song while it's on. And then we go back to what we were doing. We have like a little slow down break. <laughs> so we will post a link to their really freaking cool video for you on our Facebook page, Slow the F Down Show, and on our show notes. So in summary, honoring your journey is about you, your uniqueness, your values. You get to follow your own path that is right for you. And right is going to change all the freaking time. What might seem right doesn't work out. What seems like it's not going to be so great can be awesome. <laughs> so we've all just got to do our best to have fun along the way and I think this quote from Thoreau helps a lot. Pursue some path, however narrow and crooked, in which you can walk with love and reverence. So don't try to figure out everything at once. You can't do it. Walk with love and reverence. And listen to your body because it's on the journey with you every step of the way and it's trying to help you out. Same team. That's right. Casey, what was your favorite part of today's show? I enjoyed Mother Nature's sassy comments because researching the journey that a drop of water takes from its origin to get into a glass and into my mouth, there was so many steps. I condensed it down, but I was just like, wow, what a perfect representation of the twists and turns and forms and journeys that just a drop of water had to go through mirroring our human experience. Elizabeth, what was your favorite part? I think my favorite part of today's show was the way that I honored my journey in 
just doing this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's not perfect. <laughs> we do a lot of preparation for every episode, but then we just jump off a lot of cliffs. <laughs> we write out stories and then we don't use them. <laughs> and we just go with what comes to us in the moment. We forget to talk into the mic. <laughs> and then the computer starts acting weird, so then I have to stand up and I have to sit down. <laughs> right? This episode was a journey, just like life is a journey, and we honored it the whole bouncy way. <laughs> yep, and that is why having amazing people in your life is a key to having a journey that's truly aligned and worth living, in my opinion. Yeah, we only have one life, you know? You might as well make it as fun as humanly possible. Slow down, fans. What was your favorite part of today's show? Please click the link in the show notes to let us know what you loved, subscribe, and share it with a loved one who could also benefit from Slow the F Down Show. And if you're digging our content and want more personalized slowdown goodness, become a sloth level patron and get free access to our monthly stress release classes that are live over Zoom. You'll learn a method that is guaranteed to unstick stress from your body on a cellular level and help you live your best life. Go to the show notes and get that special deal. Our mission is to help as many people as possible slow down, stress less, and love more. And we cannot do that without you. And to our existing patrons, thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you and your support means the world to us. On our next episode, slow the F down with procrastination. Thank you for listening and enjoy your slowdown. If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down.